1: And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris.
0: These are going to remain yellow school buses because who doesn't love a yellow school bus? They will remain yellow, but their heart will be green.
1: (laughs) This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris.
0: Stew does
1: America.
2: Welcome to the program, blazetvcom slash Stu. Use the promo code Stu to save 10%. StuDoesMerch.com will get you 10% off if you use the code Stu10 as well. If you're watching on YouTube, give a like to the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notification, do all the things. We appreciate it. Hunter Biden is hitting back, uh, you know, assumingly after he's hitting his bong. We have a former ABC News producer in deep, gross, horrible trouble, but we start by doing Mr. Beast. Now you might not know who mr beast is but if you have kids or grandkids your kids and grandkids know who mr beast is he is i guess probably the biggest youtuber in existence i think that's fair to say Um, and you know it's interesting to see his path Uh, let me give you a little bit of a taste of it
3: here is the first video that mr beast ever made from Saul, before you can advance you must flip every switch and kill all the monsters that come out. If you try to open the door without killing them, you will explode. Okay. Here's your weapon. Ooh, a diamond sword. It's not smart, Saul. Now nothing can kill me.
2: If you don't see a path from that to five hundred million dollars, I don't. I don't know how you can't. I mean, look it was quite obvious from the beginning this was going to be a massive success now think look at that video some little minecraft thing that he built some map uh here is one of his more recent videos
3: i recreated every single set from squid game in real life and whichever one of these 456 people survives the longest wins 456 grand <laughs> under five minutes left tons of jumps this is going to get intense oh that was crazy no! Oh, oh, oh. ten's
1: gone no
3: another one gone
2: now yeah you know creating the entire set of a giant netflix show um uh, and giving away you know half a million dollars in just one video kind of it's become a big production uh, as you may have uh, noted now his early videos were things like he would go to college campuses and give out a hundred dollars for no reason and put it on youtube and i guess try to earn back through youtube revenue uh, and other ways to earn the money that he gave away and keep building that sort of machine. And he's done that incredibly successfully. Uh, Mr. Beast is estimated to be uh, worth $100 million. And that's, of course, according to celebrity net worth, which honestly, I don't even know why we even use those estimates. At- just, I mean, these they're all over the board. I bet he's worth a lot more than that, frankly, at this point. He's one of the most subscribed YouTubers as of January, 2023, with more than 130 million subscribers on YouTube. Besides the popular, that's more than we have, by the way. So, you know, that's a slightly more than we have here on studios America, just in case you're looking, you don't need to look at the actual number, but it's slightly less than 130 million. Besides the popularity and revenue he has earned through his viral videos, the YouTuber reportedly has made, made $24 million in 2020 through the sale of his merchandise and sponsorship with major brands, including Microsoft, EA as well. Uh, Reportedly, he makes a minimum of $3 million per month from his YouTube ads alone. Uh, his real last name is Donaldson. Donaldson started the Feastables brand uh, primarily as a chocolate company, but has since expanded into cookies, merchandise, and more. Mr. Beast Burger is a ghost kitchen falling under the Mr. Beast umbrella and has since opened his first physical store in the American Dream Mall in New Jersey and on and on and on and on and on. And on. The guy makes millions and millions of dollars off of everything he does at this point. And of course, that makes him a target. He's a big f- figure out there uh, on the internet, and you expect it. To, you're going to, along with that, comes some criticism. Um, now, a lot of his his videos have been this type of thing, like you saw with the Squid Game thing, where he makes a big sort of spectacle. He gives away a ton of money for people doing sort of silly challenges. Sometimes he comes in and just gives people random uh, houses. I watched a video one time where he bought he went in and bought every car in a car dealership and then just waited for people to come to look at the cars and whichever one they looked at he just gave them the car for free um you know it's kind of like you know he does a lot of stuff like that just makes people happy and it's fun content to watch it's stuff that i don't necessarily mind my kids watching which there's like three people on youtube that i allow them to watch Uh, mr beast is one of them most of the time at least and it's one of those things where you know, it's just content, right? It's something that's that's just enjoyable and, you know, it's kind of fun to see these people win all this money. Well, you know, over the years, he's expanded and started doing things that are legitimately good for people. Not just, hey, here's a bunch of money because you, you know, kept your hand on the car the longest, but stuff that is changing people's lives. He's decided to take what he does really well, which is con- connect with people on YouTube, and turn that into something that has been amazing and life-changing for tons and tons of people again not just giving a bunch of cash which is obviously great but also things like his most recent video watch
3: most of us see the world like this but here's the thing 200 million people see the world like this but i just made it one less oh wow she's just one of a thousand blind people we help from around the world they can't see but we have all the technology to fix it yep half of all the blindness in the world is people who need a 10 minute surgery crazy yeah so he's doing a video in
2: which he's paying for surgeries for a thousand people so they are no longer blind what could possibly be criticized from this This is an incredible thing, something that you couldn't imagine uh, an individual just doing because they can stream from their phone. I mean, what an incredible world we live in. This is a this is a blessing. It's a miracle. It's a great thing. Well, of course, that's not how a lot of people uh, see it. Let me give you a little bit more of this video. Here is uh, Mr. Beast uh with someone who and this is like a cataract surgery this is something that you know doctors without borders go across borders into places like north korea to cure people of it's a relatively inexpensive relatively quick surgery but it's like sucking out a cloudy lens from your eye and putting in a synthetic lens and it can cure your blindness almost immediately um here is someone named charlie who had this problem
3: our next patient is Charlie. You're not able to read any of this text on the TV? No. It's an yeah. E or something, I think. He won't know he won 10 grand until after his surgery. I can't wait to see his reaction. Charlie sees everything like this, and it's made him and his family's life extremely difficult. I was a cashier. My eyes was getting so bad that I couldn't see how much the money to give back. I just want to get my vision back so I can go back to work. And you're going to be really happy after this surgery. We'll see after it. Trust me, you will see. What's a life. Wow. All right, let's see if he can read it now. What does this say? You just won $10,000. Here you go. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. it It feels good. I didn't think I'd ever be able to see it again. Here's this guy
2: who just wants to go back to his work as a cashier. He wants to go back and do his job. Not only does Mr. B step in and pay for his surgery but then gives him an extra $10,000. And he did this over and over and over again. Uh, another guy named Satchel uh, really wanted to get out there and drive. Here's what happened.
1: Then good, you know? I'd be like looking at the cars and I'm like, wow, I can see that car all the way over there.
3: That's good if you're gonna drive it. Yeah. <laughs> I have a surprise for you. Do you mind putting on this blindfold? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I know it's a little ironic that did <laughs> <with> the <this being laughs> surgery, Satchel, take Die. off your blindfold. Die what this is your brand new tesla <laughs> if chris wrecks it i'll buy another one uh, literally i cannot put into words how hard for right now
2: what a terrible terrible guy this guy seems like he buys him a brand new tesla He did drive around the cones and hit a couple of them. So be a little aware, you know, I mean, I don't know how long it takes to drive from the time you have surgery. Just if he's driving next to you, maybe just give him a little bit of distance. I mean, the guy just he couldn't see a few days ago. This is something that I think we should all come together and say, wow, like what an impressive thing. This guy didn't have to do that. He could have just done dumb videos and made money, but he decided instead to help a thousand people go from blind to be able to see. What an incredible thing. But of course, what's the headline coming out of the story? YouTuber Mr. Beast defends himself after a video in which he said he was curing 1000 blind people divided viewers. How could something like this divide viewers? Well, people came out and they said uh, that he was um, exploiting those in need. Um, he said that we have to that people were saying it was disgusting what he was doing. Um the, uh, one person said it's a never-ending cycle of content creation that makes Mr Beast feel insidious. Insidious. They're calling this guy insidious after he on his own accord cured 1000 people of blindness. They're calling him insidious. The underlying notion is if the camera wasn't on to feed the machine nothing would happen. This dystopian thought, we're relying on YouTube views instead of competent government for assistance. And of course, this gets to the bottom line. This always gets to the same bottom line. Well, if something's going to be done, why isn't the government doing it for us? Why isn't the government doing it for us? We should have the government paying for all this, not just some YouTuber. And look. You know, I can understand that instinct at some level. We all want people to get the basic health care that we need. But just so you know, this surgery doesn't exist. And it's certainly not this inexpensive without capitalism. Capitalism is the thing driving all of these innovations that other governments get on board with later on and start paying for their citizens in incredibly inefficient ways, we should point out. You want a sur- you want an appointment for that surgery? Well, you can get an appointment, but I got news for you. An appointment is not healthcare. If you got an appointment for something that's millions of years out in the future because your entire system is overrun with debt and bloat, well, that's not all that much healthcare. Uh now is it? Uh, people said it was deeply frustrating. They said it was um, uh, disgusting and repulsive. And so Mr. Beast sees all this and he tweeted this. Twitter, rich people should help all uh, others with their money. Mr. Beast says, me? Well, okay, I'll use my money to help people and I promise to give away all my money before I die. Think of that promise. I mean, there's very few people who do that. He says, every single penny. And of course, Twitter says, well, Mr. Beast is bad anyway. And look, Twitter is Twitter. You know that this is, of course, going to come whenever you do something like this. But this is the type of activity we should be encouraging, celebrating. This is a miracle. One guy with a YouTube, a stupid YouTube channel started out making Minecraft videos. And now he's able to help a thousand people see when they couldn't before. What an incredible thing to do. And yet all he's dealing with is criticism. And as to the point where people are saying, well, actually, we're not even criticizing criticizing him, we're criticizing the American system because it's so bad and we don't like America, even though we benefit from it all the time. For those people saying that probably didn't make it to the end of the video because it wasn't just Americans who were helped by this.
3: Not only are we helping people here in America, but we're also going to other places around the world. Because unfortunately, nearly half the population with curable blindness doesn't have access to this surgery. So I wanted to provide this to as many people as possible. I can see.
2: the overwhelming majority of people he helped seemingly by the video were outside of the country and by the way located in countries that have universal health care those countries have it why i don't know why they couldn't get those surgeries that entire time could it be that that system really isn't the answer and isn't the answer all over the world mr beast decided hey I can do this people will watch it i can make a bunch of money and then i can help these people at the same time that's something that we should celebrate um and here he is kind of putting the uh the cherry on top of the sundae at the end
3: as a thank you because you were just so gracious in this video we want to make a hundred thousand dollar donation it'll bring sight to
2: thousands of people you know it's funny because all the criticism that came to mr beast from this you didn't see any of it asking the people who were able to gain their sight what they felt about the video. How do they feel about it? Do they feel exploited? Do they feel terrible about this guy who's really, really rich, helping them get their surgeries? Did they feel terrible about it? You know what? No one asked because no one cared. No one cared about how those people felt with the exception of this guy on YouTube, Mr. Beast. Here's a guy who actually did care. He cared enough to change all of these people's lives for the better. And what does he get out of it? an incredible amount of criticism and hatred it's insanity capitalism has brought the world incredible bounty more than any other system in human existence it's it, all the things that we depend on today are almost exclusively from capitalism even at their at their infancy you, you see things that were born through capitalism and then get adopted like medications that get adopted in other countries with universal health care. But where do these inventions come from? They come from this country and there's no there's no coincidence. These incredible innovations, this surgery, all these things come from an innovative system like capitalism, and then they're distributed all throughout the world. And look, I I'm happy about that. I want that to continue. But we should recognize without a capitalist society driving this type of innovation, it doesn't exist. And the fact that. We can look at this system and say there's so much good, and sometimes there is some bad. And then we find somebody who decides to take capitalism and use it for its ultimate good. He's doing good with all of this uh, innovation and capitalism and, 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 uh, and the free market in action. And then we sit here and criticize a guy who's taking his money and deciding to donate. He says every penny before he dies to make other people's lives better. And the reaction to that is negative. Uh, We should be encouraging this sort of stuff. We should be saying, hey, this is fascinating. This is uh, fascinating that somebody can do something like this that can create content that people really like. And by the way, makes a lot of people happy. People who enjoy watching other people have their life changed for the better. We could sit back and we can watch this. We can help we can we can do something that's good for people at the same time he's not only enriching himself but all the people who work for him he's entertaining millions of people at the same time he's doing all of this good and changing people's lives at the same time this is fantastic This is a great, great thing, and it doesn't deserve one word of criticism. Congratulations to Mr. Beast. Congratulations to these thousands of people around the world whose lives were changed by a freaking YouTube video. We do YouTube videos all the time. We never change anybody's life. We never do anything good for anyone. We are we're, we're ruining people's lives right now just by watching this. We couldn't do that. But hey, I'm so glad uh, that uh, someone like Mr. Beast has done it. And thank God now he can get like a thousand more views on his videos because all these people can now see. So good all around. Back in a second. let me tell you about another company who's doing a lot of good grip 6 grip 6 is a great company and one of the things that they do is they come out with these they have these great belts fantastic wallets uh, really cool you know warm socks And they have decided to do good for people right here in America, they service America, they sell all around the world, but they also sell right here in America, but they source everything they do right here in America. So like for these socks, for example, we're in the um, you notice I'm in a um, uh, my wife's podcast studio, the Lisa Page made me do it podcast studios. Um, and we are in the middle of an ice storm. We you know, are not able to get into work to do the show today. So what do we do? Well, um, one of the things uh, that we do is we put really warm socks on our kids when they go outside. We use the Grip6 socks for that. And like you know, these are socks that they keep your feet warm, but they're not super thick. I have some socks that are really really thick that keep your feet warm and that's great, but you can't even fit them inside your shoes. Like you need you know, you can be wearing boots to even put them on. These are like normal thickness socks that keep your socks your feet really really warm, your toes really warm. It's really important this time of year. The belts are awesome, the the wallets are innovative. You'll really like those as well. Check them out. Um, go to grip6.com/jew. Use the code stew. You'll save 15% right now. Grip the number 6.com/jew get 15% off today at grip6.com. Really bizarre story uh, from, well, not from ABC News. They didn't tell us anything about it, but uh, ABC News producer, um, he was a guy, James Gordon Meek is his name, and you might recognize this name from a few months ago. We talked about it on the show, talked about it a lot on radio. There was this, he was a guy who really looked into government corruption. He looked at the FBI and the CIA and, and covered this. Really, he was an award winning producer Um, and he kind of all of a sudden just disappeared and no one knew what happened to him to the point of like there were multiple articles written like, is this guy even alive? Like what happened? Did he get at one point? He was seemingly raided. He was taken off by authorities. No one knew what happened to him. And everyone was tight lipped, the no statement from ABC, no statement from any of his friends. He had all these people who were really close to him and had done award winning work with him. No one would speak up for him. No one knew what was going on. And the time at the time, of the speculation was sort of like, wait, did he get taken by authorities? And uh, was he on to some big story and taken away? Uh, we also talked about the the potential possibility that you know maybe just his family just didn't want to talk about what whatever was really going on you know i don't know i kind of speculated in my mind is it some sort of major drug problem or something like that well the story came out today as to what was going on and it's much much worse than that uh he was found uh to have child porn uh, charges and uh soliciting minors For sexual pictures, he had, they have all sorts of chat logs of him saying repulsive, disgusting things about uh, really young uh, children. Um, So we don't, now, like there's already, you know, of course, when you you don't trust your media and you don't trust your institutions, there's already, the conspiracy theories are already flying. Like, of course, you know, of course, this is what they would say. Someone who's onto a big story, they're going to say that he had child porn and they're going to plant it on his computer. This may very well be his defense, by the way, if he has one. Uh, but I mean, it's an absolutely repulsive story. They have uh, highly documented uh, his usage and which phone was his and how they knew it was him. Um, and so it's a lengthy um, uh, report from the court. Uh, but really uh, an ugly, ugly situation. That's what they're saying now. And these charges are now public. We'll keep following that for you as we go forward. Now, another uh, really repulsive guy who's done really repulsive things is Hunter Biden. Uh, He is now firing back at uh, his detractors who have been talking about him for a while. And it's interesting to see the change in philosophy that's gone on here. When the Hunter Biden laptop came out, if you remember, he was interviewed about it and he said, I don't know. I'm not sure if I left it there. I don't know. Was it mine? I'm not sure. Can't really say Uh, a bizarre, ridiculous excuse that really I don't think anyone actually bought. But the media tried to portray it as we don't know for sure if it's really his laptop. We can't really talk about it. Who knows? Um, We don't know where it came from. Well, now Hunter Biden is finally admitting it is his. He's coming out and trying to. Uh, threaten everybody who's been talking about him saying hey uh, you you guys are liars you guys are um, uh, you guys are putting uh, all sorts of uh, information from my personal life out there for everyone to see we all know that he was with prostitutes and doing drugs on camera and all these terrible things Um, and in, in fact recently the most recent thing that came out of the laptop was apparently his Pretty blatant Me Too violation against uh, some sort of underling. He was an assistant that he had that he was asking to be filmed in as they were taking a shower. um, All these repulsive, repulsive things. Um And now his new thing is instead of sitting back and trying to deny and hope it goes away, he's now firing back and getting aggressive legally in what we can only assume is uh, the first foray into a series of lawsuits against people he uh, believes have said things that are not true or that uh, defamed him in some way. We'll see how that goes. I think it's also a preparation for what likely is an indictment against him. He's thinking, I need to get out ahead of this and make it seem at the very least like it's a partisan thing and a lot of times people say well I want to get to the point where everyone believes me and a lot of times for people who are in the position of Hunter Biden or or maybe even James Gordon Meek the goal is not to get to a point where people believe you the goal is to get to a point where it becomes a partisan issue where your side is with you and their side is against you get to a 50 50 situation when you're in a situation where you're doing um, cocaine off of hookers' bellies, like getting to 100% victory is not really an option. Getting to 50 50 is a dream. So that's what he's trying to do now turn this into some partisan thing where you can't trust Republicans. Rudy Giuliani's a bad guy. You can't trust anything he says. And it's just hoping that the partisan thing that is inherent in our society will kick in and be his. Uh, barrier against these attacks i don't know if that's going to work i think people are seeing through that but we will continue to follow those developments as icky as they are as we go forward well one guy you can be uh, absolutely certain would not lower himself to discuss an item like uh hunter biden is of course alex stein uh, one of the most refined political com- commentators in our world. Uh, Alex, you may know him as a person who goes to uh, these town hall events and just I don't know if heckles them is the right term I don't think that's it I think he's making his statements based on how crazy their policies are he's mocking the world he's pointing out the absurdity in the world there's a great t- tradition in, in conservatism of going out there and just mocking the absurdity calling it out uh, highlighting the nonsense that's going on he does that on a daily basis and he's going to be doing it right here on blaze tv he's primetime 99 he's the pimp on a blimp and of course that is his promo code. Yes, pimp on a blimp. The promo code sign up uh, for Blaze TV now. The show starts on February 8th. It's uh, pimp on a blimp to get 20 bucks off Blaze TV at blaze TV.com slash primetime. Blaze TV.com slash primetime. It's primetime 99. Alex Stein. Use the code pimp on a blimp. 20 bucks off at blaze TV.com slash primetime.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. <coughs> Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it. <clears throat>
2: Well, Ilan Omar was kicked off the House Foreign Affairs Committee in a party line vote that followed a contentious debate on the House floor Thursday morning that included yelling and Omar defending herself on the verge of tears. Ah, that's so sad. House Republicans had had their set uh, sights set on removing Omar after she made what Kevin McCarthy recently described as repeated anti-Semitic and anti-American mark, remarks, which is obviously true. In fact, even Democrats uh, chided her for that. Um, the vote was 218 eleven. Uh, Democrats have pushed back on Republicans, trying to compare the rebuke of Omar to those of Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, saying that those offenses are not the same. And then we had a ridiculous speech by uh, Ilano, or excuse me, AOC in defense of uh, Ilan Omar saying, oh, well, this is just about a person of color, which is a weird statement because, you know, Adam Schiff is not a person of color and he's also getting removed from these committees. It's just nonsense. but. It's exactly what you'd expect. Uh, Mike Lee and Rick Scott are also losing committee seats. And it's shocking because, you know, Rick Scott kind of publicly challenged Mitch McConnell uh, for leadership. Mike Lee uh, you know, seems supportive of that effort. And so both of them are now losing their committee seats. Uh, so this is the two ways that you do it. You either um, look, ask for better leadership or you say anti-Semitic things. Those are the two ways uh, you lose committees. Uh, you tell me which one is more important. Uh, there and uh, finally, uh, the Satanic Temple is going to open a clinic providing religious abortion care named for Justice Samuel Alito's mother. They are saying that they are going to because it's a religious practice. Uh, you see, they're going to give abortions out uh, for free, although you have to still actually pay for them ninety dollars, uh, which is, so it's not exactly free, but I guess low cost abortion uh for everyone who wants to go to the satanic temple and you know i might normally i would not support any abortion bill but maybe i would support one to say if we're going to have abortion in this country they should all occur at satanic temples because it's the most appropriate place for them so i know that the satanic temple is just trying to make their little point about about uh this but about religion and abortion but Maybe they are making a different point expertly here uh, that those uh, things, maybe Satanism and abortion are more closely connected than they'd like to admit. I'm joined now by a man who needs no introduction, but I will give you one anyway, because that's what I do here. He's an actor, producer, and now host of the audio podcast version of his wildly popular series, American Campfire Revival. It's Kirk Cameron. Kirk,
1: thanks so much for coming on the program. Hey, man, great great to see you. Great to talk with you. Thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, I appreciate it. And I want to, ask, I want to start by asking you a very stupid question, but I'm fascinated by this.
1: I love these kinds of questions.
2: <laughs> did you actually <laughs> record the podcast by your actual campfire, actually outdoors? Yes,
1: absolutely. This, listen, when I started the American Campfire revival, this did not intend to be a show. This was the last ditch effort to maintain my sanity when I was under house arrest from our governor, Gavin Newsom, Mm. out here in the communist state of California during the pandemic when everyone was under lockdown. And I thought, rather than just wait for the first hundred days of the new president's plan to just roll out from Capitol Hill, why don't we as the family of faith have a plan to bring restoration and hope and healing to America? So I figured I'd, I'd pull some mandates from heaven, like, Uh, If we would pray, if we would turn from our own wicked ways, if we would seek God with all of our heart, maybe he'll hear our, our cries and he'll heal our land. So I started doing that and made 100 consecutive campfires in my backyard, prayed with the nation and talked through the founding principles of America that I learned in this book called The American Covenant. And it's been bringing hope to hundreds of thousands of people, including myself.
2: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. That's the topic of the first episode of this podcast, the American Covenant. And I don't think a lot of people know the, the backstory here. I think, you know, we kind of have this idea that America is an exceptional place and, you know, we've done a lot of great things in this country. But there's a real connection to our founding and the faith behind it. Can you talk about this a little bit?
1: Yes. And this has been so blurred by people who like to throw out this phrase like it's an atomic bomb toward people of faith, the separation of church and state. And they completely malign it. We um, ask the big question today, those of us who have been around for uh, 30 years, 40 years, who have kids, what's going on in our country? How is it that the America we have today is... Not resembling the America that led the entire world by example with religious freedom, economic freedom, political freedom, uh, the best education, all of these kinds of things. And the simple truth is, is that we have forgotten the sacred covenant that our founding fathers and mothers made with our creator and the meaning of that covenant that sacred promise has been canceled by a secular elite that is at war with the truth and caused us to think that faith has no place in the public square. It has no place in uh, the halls of Congress, that it's something that ought to be private and personal only because once it gets out, it causes problems. And the truth is the opposite is true. It's faith that can bring us back to our roots, that can give us our moral compass again, and that can set us on a path toward healing and hope and prosperity again as a nation. And so that's what I am doing is sharing all these principles through the American Campfire Revival as I take to my backyard, making real campfires and uh, getting this out to the podcast universe. Yeah, it's,
2: it's pretty interesting going through the COVID thing. There was a moment there where I thought, you know, maybe we will sort of wake up and and see that, you know, the the things that we deal with on a daily basis are really small in comparison to these larger issues, as you talk about with faith and, and grander principles. And those are the moments where you really need them, right? When the rest of the world seems to be falling apart, that is one of the biggest times you need to have faith. And there was a moment there where I thought maybe we would recapture it, but Lately, it feels like we're going down the wrong road all over
1: again. Yeah, I think we are. And, and what I'm what I'm excited about is that uh, history teaches us some important lessons. And one of the things that John Adams said uh, as they were dealing with the American Revolution and morals are in the toilet, spiritual apathy is everywhere, people aren't going to church, they're not reading their Bibles, um, uh, corruption politically and uh in the church is sort of commonplace. And then there was this great revolution that took place in people's hearts, a revival, if you will. And and he said that the war was already won once the war for the hearts and the the battle for the mind had been secured by the people with God. All of a sudden, they love God. They wanna do what's right with their neighbor. They have a moral compass that serves as the moral foundation for the laws. And they want maximum freedom under those good laws to be able to grow and, and be blessed and bless others. And so what he said is, it does not take a majority to prevail, but rather a tireless, irate minority, keen on setting brush fires of freedom in the minds of men. That's what I'm trying to do with the American campfire revival is set brush fires of freedom in the hearts and minds of men and women. The trouble is uh, it's hard to start a fire if the wood is wet. And we have been so saturated with freedom and blessing in this country for so long that it's difficult to get people to, to have a fire burning for liberty and freedom because it's been the norm. We've enjoyed a generation of such blessing that we don't value it anymore, but it's drying up and dry wood catches fire when there is a spark. And I believe that when we get back to these original principles, the fire is going to continue to spread from school board meetings to city council meetings. People are running for office and getting involved in these midterm elections. And I hope the fires of revival spread 0% contained out of my backyard, across every county and state, uh, and cover this whole land.
2: Yeah, I think you're starting to see it too. I mean, I do think there is Uh, A a movement here where people are are starting to wake up and see that, you know, the previous God that a lot of the country decided to uh, embrace was government. And that people decided to look towards Washington, D.C. to solve all their problems instead of relying. I know you talk about it in the podcast, the idea of self-governance. It was something that our founders talked about was only possible among a religious and moral people. Are we the type of people that can execute that vision today?
1: Absolutely, we are. Uh, We, as the family of faith, are the key to turning the nation around. Um, You know, it it really comes down to, do you want freedom to live your life as you want under God? So there is some form of, of moral restraint, and that is the law of love. Love God with all your heart, which is the greatest commandment, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do you want to live like that? and then prosper and live as you like and be able to be generous enough to bless your neighbors and take care of the poor and the needy in your community? Or do you want to serve an all powerful government, an oligarchy? Uh, Do you wanna move towards socialism or communism or even a dictatorship where you have some group of elites that promise to take care of everything from healthcare to education, to your finances, to your, uh, your, your safety in every area, History tells us that never works out well. But if you'll govern yourself under the eternal rules of right, and you will let that be the foundation of your laws and you educate your children in those good principles, you can be both liberated internally from selfishness and greed and be liberated externally from tyrants and bad governments. And we absolutely can do that today because we have more resources and a rich heritage of this that's been enshrined in our liberty documents, like the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, and we just need to get back to them and remember what we've forgotten.
2: Mm, yeah, it's so true. That when you have self-governing principles, a higher power to understand, all these problems tend to work themselves out. I mean, we had a good run with that idea, and I don't, I don't know why we've tried to abandon it. Um, let me ask you a little bit about when we're talking about government, you live in California. I have to ask you what it's been like over the past couple of years to live there under Gavin Newsom, a guy who clearly seems to be want to be the next president in the United States. I know Gavin Newsom loves Gavin Newsom. What do the people of California think about Gavin?
1: Well, it's hard to tell, um, you know, with so much shenanigans going on in uh, the realm of elections, we, we had. Um, our governor was recalled here in the state of California, and it's just shocking to me to see how the most conservative places in California allegedly voted for him again. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure glad that there are poll watchers. I am so glad people are waking up and they are paying attention and realizing that uh, it's now or never. We've got to get out of the bleachers and get into the arena and fight for what we believe in. And we gotta do it the right way. We don't do it top down like um, uh, Mr. Newsom does where you just impose rules on people, but you do it from the bottom up. You do it from your kitchen table as you teach your children faith and morals, and you educate yourself and learn who we are uh, and what we've done in the past to overcome these problems. If we don't know what we've done, we'll forget who we are. And if we ever forget that we're one nation under God, Right, uh, like Ronald Reagan said, we will be a nation gone under. Mm-hmm. So uh, living here in California has been challenging, but it's my home and I don't want to retreat. I want to fight for what matters in the place where my children uh, have grown up because what happens in California eventually spreads to the rest of the nation. So we wanna stop the bad here and start to proliferate the good.
2: Thank you for being on the front lines. There, uh, we do appreciate it, Kirk. Uh, last one for you here. Uh, we're going through. You know, we went through a couple really rough years with COVID. A lot of a lot of really awful things happened. Was there something though to take positive, making the best of a bad situation? Whether it was with family or reconnecting with your faith. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of positive stories like that.
1: There sure are. Um, personally, I love the time with my family. Um, and one of the most amazing things happened is that no one saw this one coming, but since so many schools were shut down in California during the pandemic lockdowns, parents had their kids sent home to learn public school curriculum on their laptops in their living rooms. And when parents saw the horrific things that their children were being taught, every, the, everything from being taught that they can choose their own pronouns to uh, 1619 Project, to CRT, to hate hate our God, hate our country, hate uh, the parents' oversight in their life. They yanked their kids out of school by the droves mm. and homeschooling doubled during the pandemic. And so I actually had a chance to make a documentary all about the increase in families who are now taking back education and putting faith and freedom back into their children's lives by teaching them at home. And I made a documentary called The Homeschool Awakening to document all of this. So there's actually a lot of good things that have come out of this, particularly for those who have eyes uh, of faith, because then you can see uh, past the, the, the dark veil and the curtain and understand that um, you know, every individual person has been given an assignment. And if you've got kids, there's your number one assignment And I think that the family is the number one instrument that uh, has always been used to bring about hope and healing in the world. And we're getting back to those values right now because of these challenging times.
2: Very cool. We do need an American Campfire revival. Kirk Cameron is here to light the spark. The podcast is out now. Make sure to check it out and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Kirk, thanks so much for doing this and coming on the program.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Keep up the great work.
2: all right make sure to subscribe to the youtube channel um just this promise if we get to 130 million subscribers i will cure 1001 people of blindness that's right that's what i'm that's the kind of guy i am you know just one better than everyone else you know That's me. And so I appreciate everyone's continued support on YouTube. Um, Let me give you a couple of comments. Algorithmic engagement comments help us get to that 130 million uh, number. Um, Ashley writes an awkward green haired girl living in New Mexico walks into your last power hour and weeks later, you're saying something good is actually taking place in New Mexico in the exact town she lives in coincidence. I think not. You're welcome, America. Haha, five stupendous stars. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Ashley. Uh, Hungry Chair writes in, I liked your comment about how you pay tax dollars for nothing because your children don't even use the public school system. I personally have no children and wonder why I don't get to keep that portion of my tax dollars. Yeah, I would be wondering that and did wonder that before I had kids many, many times. None of this makes any sense. Michelle writes in, love the fake being, uh, Stu being a hero stories. Yeah, we can... We've been getting those in lately we will have to give you a little uh, if you have a story of me doing something heroic it's not actually true but it's really compelling we will share it on the program because of course um actually just i'm gonna say that i already did save a thousand and one people from blindness that's a fake hero story and a perfect one so you're welcome Those thousand and one people uh, who were able to hang out uh, and uh, check that out. I appreciate it. Also, I want to tell you about um, Groundhog Day, Uh, Punxsutawney Phil. Yeah, he uh, saw his shadow six more weeks of winter. Congratulations, everyone. You did it. Uh, Groundhog was teaching us about the weather. And of course, one of the greatest movies of all time, Groundhog Day. We all know that. We all believe that. Um, But one thing that is interesting is normally the coverage around Groundhog Day is this thing where people say, oh, well, Punk Punxsutawney Phil actually is terrible at telling you the weather. He has a terrible record. Axios is saying that's not true. I want to give you this chart. They say over the last 75 years, he's overperformed a coin flip everywhere in America. He's at, I think it's 60, uh, 69% accurate over the last 75 uh, years, 64% over the last 25 years, and over the last 10 years, only 57% uh accurate uh but look that's pretty darn good for a stupid animal uh so you know just letting you know uh in case you want to believe punks phil you've got some stats to back you up there uh thanks so much for uh dealing with uh, all of our hassles this week you know we've had trouble connecting to the guests thank you we were able to play the Kirk cameron thing for you which but it's just been like of an adventure in an icy winter wonderland here in texas we will see you tomorrow